Tonight we are coming to the close of our seven-week series that has been entitled Words from the Cross. It's been the seven phrases that Jesus uttered or cried or whispered or even shouted while he was suspended between heaven and earth on Calvary's cross. And tonight we're going to look at Jesus' seventh and final phrase, which was, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It's taken from Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 46, where it says, It was now about the sixth hour, or twelve o'clock noon, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, or three o'clock in the afternoon, because the sun was obscured, and the veil of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last and gave up his spirit, the Bible says. And before I go to prayer or go any deeper in the, in the word of God, how many of you remember and know that Jesus laid down his life willingly? Amen. No one took his life from him, the Bible says. Jesus said, I have authority to lay down my life and I have authority to take it up. No one takes it from me. I lay it down freely. So here on Calvary's cross, Jesus in his final act of authority here on earth lays down his life willingly and he gives up his spirit for you and me. Amen. No one took it from him. He gave it willingly, and we cannot afford to forget this, church, because our salvation and our faith hinges on the fact that Jesus laid down his life. He, he gave his life for us. It hinges on the fact that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Our faith and our salvation hinges on the fact that no one took Christ's life from him, but that he he laid it down himself freely. He was a free will offering that he offered to the Father so that you and I might be saved. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last the Bible says, and he gave up his spirit, like I said. And the first thing that I want you to see is that Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He didn't cry out with a timid voice. He didn't cry out with a hesitant voice, but with a loud voice, he cried out and commended his spirit to the Father. And I mention this and highlight this, church, because it's important for us to understand that Jesus in his final breath was making a public declaration of his complete trust in his Father, which was in heaven. In his last breath, in these final words, he was letting every listener know, including you and me, church, that his father was worthy of his trust and worthy of his praise. And I don't want to get too uh, carried away in this, but I want you to remember that from the first word Jesus spoke, he started with 12 words. And every time he spoke a word, it became less and less and less because his body was growing weak and his body was growing faint and it was becoming harder and harder for him to speak a single 
single word. So even the word right before this, the sixth word in the Greek was one word. We look at it as two, it is finished, but in the Greek it was one word. So each word he spoke became less and less and less. But here he musters up strength. Here he musters up the last ounce of energy that he can, and he speaks eight final words. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And so what I want us to understand is that that Jesus didn't speak in the English language. He spoke in the Hebrew and he spoke in the Greek. But here, to give us a better understanding of these final eight words, we have to realize this. He cried out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, or Father, into my into thy hands I epinaw my spirit is the Greek word that was used for commend. Here, Jesus, with his final breath, uses the Greek word epinaw. And it means this. It means to entrust the care of or the preservation of. So here... Understand with his final breath and his final words, Jesus was really saying, Father, I trust you to care for my spirit and I trust you with the preservation of my soul. You see, the reality is David often cried those same words when he cried out to God. He, he let us know that, that Jesus was the one that, or God was the one that was able to preserve our soul. And here Jesus cries the same exact thing. But in the Greek, it means more than this. You see, in the Greek and the Hebrew, their word was much richer. Their language was much richer than ours. So one word or one saying could have several different meanings. So when Jesus cried this, into thy hands I commend my spirit, or into thy hands I epinaw my spirit, it also meant this. Because epinaw meant to recommend as worthy of confidence. So again, here with his final breath, Jesus recommends to every listener. He recommends to every individual that might hear these words, including you and me, that are hearing them today or hearing them whenever you heard them for the first time. He is recommending to every listener that we should put our complete trust and confidence in Jehovah God. We should not put our confidence in mortal men. We should not put our confidence, the Bible says, in chariots and in horses. We should not put our confidence in politicians. We should not put our confidence in, in positions of power or people of great influence. But rather, we should put our confidence and trust in His Father, which is in heaven. Father, into Your hands I epinaw my spirit. Here with his final words, listen, Jesus recommends God as being worthy of our confidence. I don't know about you, but if Jesus recommends something to me, I think I'm going to listen. I think we would be wise to listen to Jesus' recommendations, especially if it's the final recommendation that He makes. And here on Calvary's cross, with His final words and using that word, epinaw, it tells us, He is telling us, I recommend that you put your complete trust and confidence in God. No matter what comes your way, no matter what might come against you, no matter what season you might find yourself in, no matter what your 
your day might look like, I recommend that you put your complete trust and confidence in God. Please understand, here hanging on Calvary's cross, enduring the suffering, enduring the pain, enduring everything that wicked men could throw at him, Jesus put his complete trust and confidence in God. And in his final breath, he says, I recommend that you do the same But listen, the sad reality is far too often we don't listen to God's recommendations. We don't listen to Christ's recommendations. Amen? Not just here on cross. The the, the Word of God and God tells us to be not equally yoked. Well, we don't listen to that recommendation and then we fuss at God when we find ourselves in the middle of a messed up relationship. Jesus hanging here on Calvary's cross says, I recommend that you put your trust and confidence in God just like I do. Because how many of you know there's no better person we can trust in than God? Amen? There's no individual that's better suited to meet our needs than Jehovah God. So here's what we have to understand. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Because he was the only one that had the power to keep us. He was the only one that has the power to to preserve us, church. Listen, there's no one that has... There's no one greater than God. Amen. There's no one who can keep you better than God can keep you. There's no one better to preserve you than God. Amen. There's no one that can better preserve your soul and better preserve your life and better preserve your mind and better preserve your marriage and better preserve your kids and better preserve any area of your life than Jehovah God. And here in Jesus' final words, that's the recommendation that he's making. I recommend that you put your complete confidence and trust in God. But the sad reality is far too often we put more confidence in men. And we put more confidence in medicine. And we put more confidence in power, uh, powerful people. And we put more confidence in our own abilities. And we put more confidence in, in our, our money or in our bank account, church. We put more confidence in our political rulers or in the president. We put more confidence in our pastors and priests and, and preachers, church, than we put in God Himself. Jesus was telling us here, listen, if you want to live, live a blessed life, if you want to live a, a, a life that is filled with favor, goodness, power, anointing, whatever else you want to say that comes from heaven, then you must put your complete trust and confidence in God. You see, listen to me, the main reason that Jesus was exalted to a higher place of honor, the reason that he was brought from this place called Calvary on Golgotha's hill to the right hand of the Father, the reason that he was seated in heavenly places was because he put his complete trust and confidence in God. If you want to be seated in heavenly places, if you want to find yourself seated in a place of favor, if you want to see divine provision and protection, if you want to see the anointing of God and the glory of God in your life, you must put your complete trust and confidence in God. Otherwise, you'll never see those things in your life. Amen? Listen, we are to put our trust in God. Understand this evening here on Calvary's cross, even in the midst of his pain and his suffering, Jesus recommends that the entire world, church, put their trust in God. You see, the devil will come along and tell you to trust in popularity. The devil will come along to say, trust in money. 
The devil will come along and say, trust in this man or this man or trust in this woman or this woman. Trust in this drug and trust in this pill and trust in this bottle. Trust in your own self. This world teaches that. Don't trust anyone but yourself. But Jesus is teaching us in his final instruction from the cross that we must put our complete trust and confidence in God just like He did. Amen? Finally, epinaw. Again, there's three meanings to this. So there's, 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 there's deeper understanding that we can get. Epinaw means to praise in a serious and public way. So please grasp this at a deeper level, with a deeper meaning, church, and understanding. Here, Jesus, with His final and finished breath, makes a serious public proclamation that His Father is not only worthy to be trusted in, that His Father is not only to, worthy to, to receive our confidence, but that His Father is worthy of all glory, all honor, all power, and all praise. Because that's what epinaw means. It means to praise in a serious and public way. So please understand what Jesus was doing on Calvary's cross. He was praising His Father with His trust and His confidence. You want to know the greatest way to praise the Lord is to trust in Him. The greatest way to worship God is when it seems like all hell is broken loose in your life, that you still have confidence in Him and you still have trust in Him. That's how you praise God. That's how you worship God. When the devil's hot on your heels, when it feels like you're hanging on your own cross, the best way to praise Him and the best way to worship Him is saying, God, God, I feel like I got the weight of the world on me like Jesus did. But just like Jesus did, I'm going to put my trust in You and I'm going to put my confidence in You. That's the greatest way to praise God. Not just coming in here clapping when everything's happy and good in your life. It's when we trust Him, church, with every area of our life. It means to praise in a serious and public way. It's why Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He was making a public declaration. He was making a public proclamation that my Father, which is in heaven, is worthy to be praised even while I'm hanging on a cross. Even while I'm suffering for these people's sin, my Father is worthy Of my praise, church. I hope we can understand that and learn something from that. Because from time to time, listen, we need to understand that in this world you're going to have trouble. We need to remember and understand that this whole thing we call the Christian life isn't isn't like walking through a bed of roses, church. It's not tiptoeing through the tulips all the time. Yes, there'll be wonderful times and blessed times and rich times with the Lord. But there are times when we will literally find ourselves feeling like we're on Calvary's cross ourselves. And it's while we're there that we must put our complete confidence and trust in God. Amen? This is what Jesus did. He commended Himself to the Father because His Father was worthy. He's worthy, church. Jesus wouldn't have commended Himself to someone that wasn't worthy. He commended Himself to His Father because His Father is worthy. And please listen to me. Worship is a demonstration of His worth to us. So Jesus demonstrated worship because He knew His Father was worthy. And what we need to understand 
is that our praise and our worship shouldn't always be based on our situations and circumstances that we encounter in life that should be based on God's worth and worthiness, church. So here Jesus was hanging on Calvary's cross, suffering, dying at the hands of wicked men. And Jesus still said, Father, you're worthy of my praise You're still worthy of my trust. You're still worthy of my confidence. And the reality is, as the children of God, as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, as as a chosen people, as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, we should be making the same public proclamation as well. Amen? That even though things might get tough, even though things might get rough, even though it feels like I'm carrying the weight of the cross upon me, even though my body is weary like Jesus's was, even though my spirit is weary just like Jesus's was, God is still worthy of our public proclamation. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but if you read this passage further about Jesus commending His Spirit and giving up His breath, the next thing tells us that the centurion that was standing at the foot of the cross realized that this was the Son of God and worshipped Him. Why? Because he saw that even in his mess, even in the midst of his pain, even in, in being mistreated like he was, beaten, battered, and bruised like he was, even in that state that he offered himself to the Father and worshipped the Father. And this is what changed the centurion's life. My point is simply this. If the only time you praise God is when it's sunny outside... No one is going to be moved by that. But when you praise God and trust God and worship God, when it seems like it's the darkest of days, that's what people notice and that's what affects their life. Here on Calvary's cross, this is what the centurion noticed, that here he's entrusting because this, this centurion understood the word epinal. He knew what Jesus was doing. He knew that Jesus was making a public proclamation to his father. He knew that Jesus was putting his complete trust and confidence in God, even in the midst of what he was going through. This verbiage, this language that Jesus used wasn't, wasn't foreign to the centurion standing at the foot of the cross. He understood exactly what Jesus was saying. And the same thing happens to the people around you and me. Why are they praising God in the midst of this mess? How can they be worshiping God in the, in the midst of their sickness or in the midst of their struggle? How can, how can they be putting their trust and confidence in God? But listen to me, church. It moves them when we do. And this is what we need to learn from this passage of Scripture, that we need to make that same public proclamation of praise and trust and confidence in God. Remember what Job said in the middle of his suffering? While he was bearing his own cross in Job 1.21 and his wife told him to curse God and die? After losing everything that he had, after losing his family, after, after being burdened with this boils uh, that, that, that were all over his body and his body was racked with pain. His wife told him to curse God and die, but he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. 
The reality is, listen to me, Jesus was doing the same exact thing on Calvary's cross. Yea, though He slay me, Job said, yet will I praise Him. And this is exactly what Jesus was doing on the cross. Yea, though they slay me. Yea, though I'm going through all this pain and all this suffering, still will I trust my Father with my spirit. Into thy hands, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. This is exactly what Jesus did, church. The very last words that he spoke, they were an absolute form of praise. Here, after all that Jesus had endured at the hands of wicked men, the Bible says us, with his final and finished breath, Jesus cries aloud to the Father. And I want to stop right there to remind us that Christ finished what he started before he took his single before he took his final breath church before he gave up his spirit like we learned last week before he laid down his life before he breathed his last breath he completed his call he finished his task and like I said last week Jesus left nothing undone before he breathed his final breath please understand this Jesus' final breath was not filled with regret like it is with so many who live their lives unto themselves. Like possibly, quite possibly, the crook that was hanging beside Jesus that asked Jesus to remember Him when He went into His kingdom. Here's what you and I need to realize, that Jesus' final breath was not filled with regret like, the, like the, the criminal who hung on the cross before Him, even though He found peace and comfort in the words of Christ that said, Today you will be with Me in paradise, even though He found uh, the God of His salvation right beside of Him and, and understood that He would be with Jesus in paradise. I believe upon His last breath, those words, church, were filled with regret. Regret that he did not give his life to God earlier. Regret that he was an embarrassment to his family. Regret that he was a, an embarrassment to the people. Regret that he wasted his entire life living unto himself instead of the one who right there hanging beside him now offered him eternal salvation in paradise. I believe his last words were filled with all sorts of regret that day after day after day I wasted away my life and I did not live unto the Father. I did not put my trust in this man. I did I did not put my confidence in God. I lived unto myself. His, his last words were filled with regret. And sadly, so many of ours are as well. We live our whole lives like the criminal on the cross, living unto ourselves. And then finally in our last breath, oh God, remember me. There's joy in those words and there's hope in those words, but there's regret in those words as well. That we would have lived our whole life unto ourselves. Not able to do a good work for God. Not praising Him. Not trusting Him. Not having confidence in Him. And this is what Jesus is teaching. That today, now, as early as we can, we need to commend our spirit to the Father. Not upon our last breath. When we take our dying breath and ask that He save us from our sins. What Jesus is teaching us here on Calvary's cross is that every single morning, every single moment of every single day, we must commend ourselves to the Father. Every day we've got to trust Him. Every day we've got to have confidence in Him. Every day we have to praise Him, church. Not upon our last breath like the crook beside Him did, church. 
what we have to realize is that Jesus' breath wasn't filled with regret. It wasn't filled with great sorrow over what he might have said or failed to say. It wasn't filled with regret over what he had done or what he had failed to do. Church's final breath wasn't filled with the fear of his father's displeasure concerning the life that he lived. Like so many will, they will shrink at his coming, the Bible says. Because they wasted their life away. They failed to make the most of the opportunity. They waited till that last breath. To commend themselves to the Father, Jesus' last breath was not filled with regret. was not filled with sorrow. was not filled with fear, church, concerning the displeasure of His Father. It was filled with the confidence of completion, church. And so should ours be. Our final breath shouldn't be filled with regret, but it should be filled with the confidence of completion that I did my Father's will. That I did what He wanted me to do like Jesus did, church. Our last breath should be filled with the confidence of completion that I did what my Father bid me to do. Like Noah, he did everything that the Lord had commanded him to do, the Bible says. Yes, it is possible for us to live completely within the Father's will. It is possible with the help of the Holy Spirit, church. We can live that pleasing to the Lord. Our last breath should be filled with the confidence of completion. Just like Jesus' was and just like Paul's was, who said what? He said, I have fought the fight. I have ran the race. I have kept the faith. His last words were filled with the confidence of completion that he did what the Father called him to do, church. And I hope that our breath is exactly the same. Listen, church. I don't know about you, but I want my last breath to be a breath of completion and confidence in God. Amen? I want my last breath to be of trust and public praise. I don't want to look back and regret having not done the Father's will for most of my life. And listen, I know, I know that, that a lot of us live there. And I know that when the, the Father saves us, we shouldn't live in condemnation and we shouldn't live in regret. But what I am saying is that right now today... I'm saying today when we hear His voice and today He makes this recommendation that we put our complete confidence and trust in God, that we don't wait till tomorrow. That we don't regret that, hey, on this day, September 3rd, 2014, I had an opportunity to start my life over and put all my confidence and trust in God. But I waited another week and I waited another month and I waited another year. And in that period of time, all hell happened in my life. We shouldn't regret one day after today of not living our life for God and giving ourselves, committing ourselves or commending ourselves to the Father. When we breathe our last breath, like each and every one of us will one day, that breath should be filled with the confidence of completion just like Christ. Amen? So here with Jesus' final and finished breath, finished breath, He calls out one more time, And he commends his soul to his Father which is in heaven. He starts his conversation. He starts his 
We'll go back to the first word, and I'm not going to re-preach it, but I want you to remember that his first word, in, in the beginning of his conversation on the cross, he started this conversation focused on his father when he said or asked, Father, forgive them, like Sammy said earlier. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was the first thing he said. His first words were focused on the Father, and so were his last. His first words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In his last words, church, he ends his conversation the very same way with his eyes focused once again on the Father. Picture this if you can. With his head held high on his final breath and final words, he directs his words and he directs his soul. He directs his eternity to his Father which is in heaven in the midst of his excruciating pain, in the midst of his excruciating suffering with all that Jesus had left within him as a mortal man. He musters the strength to pull himself upright one last time on Calvary's cross. You see, if you understand about the crucifixion, it was an on and off of a hanging down, hanging your weight and pushing up and pulling down and pushing up and pulling down just to get a breath, just to try to relieve the pain, the pain on his feet, the pain in the legs and his muscles. He would have to endure the pain of pulling himself up just to relieve the, the, the spasms in his legs. And then he to relieve the pain up here. Then finally he would feel it again. It was never ending pain. But here with his final breath, he musters up everything that he can pulls himself against the nails so that he can one last time take one last breath so that he can speak one last word and with that one last word he exhales and says father into thy hands i commend my spirit one last shout one last cry with one last breath and it says he breathed his last And he offered up his spirit, laid down his spirit, gave his spirit to the Father. So listen to me, church. If there was every word that should be important to us, it's the last word that he speaks on Calvary's cross. I know that he spoke more words when he rose from the dead and he mingled with the people. But if there's ever a word we should understand the meaning of, it is this last and final word that he speaks from Calvary's cross. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. I epinaw my spirit. And here Jesus enters into his death the same way he lived his entire life in complete trust and confidence in the Father. That's how he lived his life, church. It's not how he, just how he lived his death. His death was a reflection of his life. He didn't wait till Calvary's cross to entrust his spirit and entrust himself to the Father. From the time that he stepped down off of heaven's throne, he entrusted himself to the Father. All the way through his life, he entrusted himself to the Father. He commended himself to his Father, to his Father's will, to his Father's purpose, to his Father's plan. And he encourages us here to do the same exact thing. To commend ourselves to the Father, church. This is what Jesus did his entire life because he knew his Father was worthy, like I said. 
Listen, I don't know anyone more worthy than the Father. Amen? I don't know anyone more worthy than the Son. I don't know anyone more worthy of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we should commend ourselves to them each and every day. I hope you understand that every morning we get up, we should commend ourselves. You understand, epinoi ourselves like I I gave you the definitions. Every morning we should epinoi ourselves to the Father. Every morning when we wake up, before we take a step out of our house, before we send our kids on their way, we should epinoi our children to God. We should commend our children to God. We should commend our marriage to God. We should commend our mind to God. We should trust our mind and have confidence in God that He's able to protect our mind. We should commend ourselves to God. Every every afternoon, every step along the way, every time we find ourselves in the midst of life's difficulties, we should commend ourselves to the Father. Every night when we lay our head to bed, church, we should commend ourselves to the Lord God Almighty. Listen, one of the interesting things about this word, this last word that Jesus spoke, is that it was, this, it, it, it was taken from Psalm 31, verse 5. It actually is a Jewish prayer. David, David spoke these words, the same words in his prayer. The psalmist said, into thy hands I commend my spirit, O God. Jesus used these same exact words. And here's what I want you to understand. Every Jewish child learned these words when they were little. Into the, at the close of their prayers, at the end of every day, a Jewish mother, every Jewish mother would teach their child these words. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. Just like we teach our kids. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. It's taken from Psalm 31.5. It's the same prayer in our language. God, as I lay my head to rest tonight, I am entrusting my soul to you. If I die before I wake, I pray, O oh Lord, my soul you take every night. Thousands and millions of children pray that prayer. Listen to me, Jesus, this was not the first time Jesus prayed these prayers. He prayed them in the arms of His mother every night when He went to bed. Father, into Thy hands I commend Thy Spirit. This was not new to Jesus. His entire life, He commended Himself to the Father. Every breath was commended to the Father because He never spoke a word unless His Father told Him to. Every step He commended to the Father because He never took a step unless His Father told Him to, the Bible says. Jesus understood the power of these words when He was a little child. So often we make light of this this passage that we teach our kids and and think it's just a, a baby little prayer. It's a powerful prayer. Our kids should be praying. We should be praying that prayer every night when we go to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray, O Lord, my soul you take. Because we are commending ourselves to the Father. And every day that we wake up, we should be doing the same exact thing. Listen, the reason that a lot of our marriages are in a mess is because we're not commending them to the Father. We're not trusting them to the Father. We're not yielding them to the Father. The reason that our households are upside down is because we're not commending them to the Father. 
Our finances are a mess and they're upside down and we can't pay our bills because we're not commending our finances to the Father. We penny pinch when the offering plate comes around instead of trusting God with a tenth of our income. And we wonder why we're in a mess because we're not commending God, I don't trust you with my money. I don't have confidence in you that you can, you can multiply what I put in this plate. I don't trust you with my marriage. I don't have confidence that you can do a miracle. I don't have confidence that you can change that bum into a prince. I don't have confidence that you can turn her heart around. It's over. It's done. It's too late, God. Because we don't epinaw it to God. We trust in our own strength. We trust in our own wisdom. We lean on our own understanding. And we fail to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And we wonder why we're in a mess. Because we are not epinawing our lives to God. Ah, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I know you're real quiet. I know you are. And I praise God for that. I'm not a response-driven guy. I'm a guy that just wants to bring the Word of God so that God can change your life and bring a revelation. And whether you jump up and down and stomp and scream, I could care less. All I care about is that this Word one day finds root in your heart. That when all hell breaks loose in your life, you can stand up and say, Father, I commend my spirit to you. Oh, listen, I'm going to, the Holy Spirit is asking, what are you commending to Him today? When's the last time you commended your son or your daughter? When's the last time you commended your finances, your business, your job, your position? When's the last time you commended your mind that's a mess? It's toiled all through the day. Can't go to sleep. Can't focus during, when's the last time you commended it to the Father? Ah, I hope you understand what I'm saying, Trude. I'm excited like I was last time, but I know God is speaking. When is the last time we commend? This is what Jesus is teaching. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Listen, you can commend your marriage into the hands of a lot of counselors and in your hands, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have our own. Pete Cimento, the director of Life Back Counseling. I'm thankful that he's a spirit-filled man that can help you commend your marriage to God and to Jesus Christ. It's exactly why we did a four-week series on marriage, and I hope people went. Because we understand that God is the one that we should put our trust in. God is the one that we should put our confidence in. And if anyone can help our marriage or anyone can help our family or anyone can help our finances or anyone can free my mind, it's Jehovah God. Amen? This is what we need to understand. Understand this was a prayer that Jesus prayed his entire life, teaching us that we shouldn't wait till our final breath to pray it. We shouldn't wait till our final breath to say it. It should be part of our everyday life when we rise up, when we walk along the way, and when we lie down at night. Father, I commend my life to you. Amen? I'm going to close with this. Jesus commended His Spirit to the Father for two more quick reasons. He commended His 
spirit to the Father because he had complete trust in him. But he also commended his spirit to the Father because he knew he could find comfort in his Father's hands as well. Jesus knew that the hands of his Father, that in the hands of his Father, he could find rest and he could find comfort for his weary soul. How many of you know by now Jesus' soul was weary? was weary. You know what he went through? The Bible doesn't even describe that the disciples, it was so gruesome that his disciples couldn't even put it into words. What the crucifixion was all about. But here upon his final and finished words, Jesus had already endured the beating, the bruising, the battering. He had already endured the the rejection, the mockery. He had already endured the The punishment that was supposed to be upon you and me. He had already endured the shame. He had already endured the the crown of thorns. He had already endured the, the nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He had already endured all of the things that are associated with the 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 cross of Jesus Christ. He had endured the plaque that was placed upon the top of the cross as a sign of mockery that said the King of the Jews. He had had endured all of this. And his spirit was weary. His soul was tired. He needed rest. He had already drank from the bitter cup. He had already sensed the searing separation from his father. And now his spirit needed rest. Now his spirit needed comforting, church. And Jesus in his final breath knew that there was no place greater, no greater place of comfort that he could find No greater place of rest that he could find than in the hands of his loving and faithful Father. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Because his spirit needed comforting, church. His spirit at this point needed rest. And he knew that there was only place that his one place that his spirit could find comfort, and it was in the hands of his Father. One place that he could find rest, and it was in the hands of his Father. Jesus himself even said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, filled with burdens, and I will, what? I will give you rest. You see, I don't know where you're at tonight, but I know in my life there's times where my spirit is weary. I know there's times in my life where my spirit needs comfort and my spirit needs rest, church. And the reality is there's no greater place for me to find that comfort and find that rest than in the loving hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus or Jehovah God. The final reason that we'll look at tonight, the third reason Jesus commended His Spirit to the Father is because He knew that there was security in His Father's hands. He could trust in His Father's hands. He could find comfort in His Father's hands. He knew that there was security in His Father's hands. You see, Jesus understood the strength and the power of His Father's hands. 
He understood and knew that his father hung the stars in the sky. He knew his father molded the mountains. He knew his father trenched out the valleys. He knew his father dug out the oceans, church. And he knew that his father would be the keeper of his soul as well. That there was no one who could comfort him better than his own faithful father. And here's my closing verse in John 10, 27. Jesus is speaking about the power of his father's hands. And he says this, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than every other, and no man is able to pluck them out of his hands. Because there's great security in the hands of God. Amen? This is why he commended his spirit to the Father, because he knew that there was security In his father's hands. He knew that he couldn't find security in the hands of man. Men's hand arrested him illegally. Man's hand stripped him naked. Man's hands whipped him and beat him and battered him. Man's hands plucked out his beard from his face. They slapped him and punched him until he was unrecognizable. Man's hands jammed a crown of thorns upon the top of his head. Man's hands placed a robe of mockery upon his shoulders. Man's hands nailed him to the cross and hung him up to die. And in the midst of it all, Jesus knew that there was one place that he could find comfort. That he could find rest and that he could find security. And it was in the hands of his loving father. So the last thing he says before he falls asleep in the father's arms. Remember, Jesus was just falling asleep. Amen. Everyone that's born of the father, everyone that's born again, they don't die. They go to sleep, the Bible says. So here, Jesus, before he falls asleep in his father's arms, he says the thing he said as a child. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. With an unfailing love in his father, Jesus willingly closed his eyes and offered up his spirit. And he entrusted his soul to his father. Amen. The question tonight is this. How many of us are willing to do the same? How many of us tonight are willing to commend our past, our present, our future to the father? Father. 